You're listening to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. This podcast exists to encourage, empower, and equip you to share your story and with it, the gospel. On today's takeaway, Kip and I discuss how to share your faith with friends in a manner that is authentic, caring, and friendly. We talk about how sharing the gospel shouldn't be done with the goal to convert, but to show the love of Christ. My good friend Sean even joins us to talk about what it's like to have someone share their faith with a non-Christian. Thank you everyone for joining us. If you haven't listened to Amanda Berry's episode yet, we highly encourage that you check that out. It's a very open and honest testimony um, that everyone could really benefit from listening to. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about how to share your faith with friends. This will be the last uh, episode in this series that we've been doing on how to share your faith with such and such. Um, People. People, yeah, those things. (laughs) Uh, Well, and as part of this, uh, Micah had the opportunity to talk with his friend, Sean. So let's listen to that real quick. Well, thank you, Sean, for sharing with our listeners today. We really appreciate you setting aside some time to do this. Yeah, no problem. I would like to ask a quick question, if you don't mind. What, in your opinion, would be the most beneficial way for someone to share their faith with you? Honestly, I would have to say, if somebody's just talking to me as a friend, and we're just getting to know each other or anything like that, you know, just be open about it. But also be mindful that somebody may not share the same beliefs as you and be respectful of that. I have always found that when somebody's more open with me and respectful, you know, I tend to gravitate more towards that and I'm more accepting and more open about my own beliefs. And are there any situations or um, ways that someone would share that would just completely turn you off to that conversation? Um, usually it, uh, it turns me off from the conversation with that. If they come from it, from a, uh, judgmental point of view, like uh, if they, uh, if I say something that they don't completely agree with, they'll combat it with some form of scripture to negate what I'm saying in some form or another, if that makes sense. Right. So do you think it would be beneficial if, if they completely heard you out, shared their perspective? Oh, yeah. And at yeah. that point, used, you know, scripture that that they know of to kind of share why they believe what what they or or we believe in this case, because you know I I'm in that boat. Right, right. Um, I think one of the worst ways that somebody can uh, do that is by not even bothering to ask me my own personal beliefs. Um, if it's always just them, 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 and their beliefs and only their beliefs, you know, it's a it's a really bad way to go about it for somebody like myself and of course i can't speak for everybody that believes as i do i can only speak for myself but i would say if, as long as they're open with me and they are also curious about what i particularly believe in you know it's going to go great i have a lot of instances where that's happened like for you with you for example actually you were always pretty open to what i believe in and so i reciprocated that and it was from good times Yeah, I I agree, and I appreciate that. I think it's important to show that you genuinely care, because what's what's the point if you don't? If you're just trying to, I mean, you've had this conversation before, Sean, where it's it's not my job to convert anybody. It's you know, I firmly believe it's it's my place to share what I believe, and you know, I I know that God will 
work on the people that um, are supposed to hear it and you know their opinions their hearts or or however you want to phrase that will be changed not from anything i can say or do but you know from from the will of god absolutely and i think uh that's important that you don't set out just to change somebody because uh Again, I can't speak for everybody, but I think of that more as an ego trip when somebody tries to convert somebody. Like, that's their only main goal. But if you share your beliefs, I'm more than happy to listen to it. And I actually take joy in other people's beliefs because it fulfills them. It makes them feel good. makes them happy. So if somebody can do that for me in turn, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big deal for me. It makes me feel good about being their friend. And so I'm not just somebody that they're trying to convert to make me believe what they believe in if that makes sense too. Right. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a more likely chance of you starting to um, agree with it potentially if it's done in a way that's, you know, legitimate and caring rather than just being preaching at and just talking at instead of talking with. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely don't talk at me. Talk with me. You know, if you want to share your beliefs with me in the hopes that maybe I will change my heart in some way, that's totally fine with me. Um, just don't come at it like this is your number one goal is to convert me. Because that doesn't usually go well with me. I feel like that's a pretty big disrespect issue. But if you come at me respectfully and you just share your beliefs from your perspective and what's in your heart, I'm going to respond to it a lot better. Absolutely. I, I think what's important is with each person, it, I didn't share my faith with you from the beginning, although after I got to know you, I was more willing to share more. You know, we have conversations about my faith and your faith regularly in um, just our friendship and relationship. And I think where a lot of people get hung up on that can be damaging is they make a friend and then just because their friend doesn't agree, they may end that friendship. Well, you know, that's not very Christ-like. Jesus hung out with um, people that didn't agree with him all the time. And having that example, it's, you know, yeah, I, I would love for you to agree with me on stuff, Sean, but at the end of the day, you're my friend regardless, and I'm not going to put that friendship on the line just because you have a different belief than me. I, I don't think that's... Um, scripturally correct at all oh for sure and i would say that between you and i uh the conversations that we've had regarding your beliefs my beliefs it it always came organically it was never forced it was never brought up just for the sake of it being brought up it, it was something that was uh, definitely between two friends and i think that's an important approach to take to some people you know be their friend don't, don't make them into some kind of uh goal that you have just be their friend love thy neighbor you know well, I appreciate you setting aside time to kind of share your experiences and your thoughts on this. Uh, it's it's great to have the perspective of somebody who, who has a different faith and um, thought on on all that we're talking about and doing here at Mountain Valley. And so thank you for being open and, and honest with us about that. Absolutely. I don't mind it at all. You know, I, I do take joy in other people's joy. I, I want to hear about what makes you feel more complete as a human being, as a person, as an individual. So it feels good to hear about it if it's done in the right way. Thank you, Sean, for sharing your thoughts and, and being honest. 
I think there's a lot there that we as followers of Jesus can benefit from hearing because most of us don't have friends or seek out friendships with people who have different beliefs than us. Um, Here's what I'm curious about, Micah. What was the thing that you took away from that interview? Um, Well, it's more than just an interview for me. It's, It's been the relationship and friendship with Sean, and that's just being honest that you care about someone. It's taking the time to get to know them, not for the sake of, as Sean and I talk about, conversion, but getting to know someone for the sake of getting to know someone and caring for them and and pouring into their life legitimately, not just as this checklist or this, I'm going to teach you how to be a Christian mentality, which, sure, if somebody wanted to accept Christ, that's that's great. You know, that's, that's what we hope for, but it at the end of the day, that doesn't change the fact that they're a person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking of car salesmen when I was listening to it. And I think sometimes we come across that way when we try to share our faith and we just list off a bunch of Bible verses, like Sean was saying, it's like, Oh, well, John three sixteen and the Romans road and you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's just on and on and on. And, you know, for someone who, isn't a believer doesn't have any familiarity with scripture i mean it's just not helpful um but most importantly i think you know when you when you think about a car salesman they don't care about you they're they're just trying to make a sell they're just trying to make some money um and i'm afraid that we come off that way we we show that we don't care about someone when we're just spouting off these random verses or this deep biblical knowledge we have. Um, and the first thing that that person sees is we're just trying to make a convert. Um, they don't see us trying to make a friend yeah. or to show that we care about somebody. Well, and to that point, not, not to dismiss the importance of scripture and knowing it and, and being able to recite it and share it with people, but there's a time and a place for it and tact to be used during that. Uh, a, a non-believer isn't going to necessarily find comfort in a Bible verse if they're going through a tough time. Exactly. Some may. I wouldn't imagine most do. To them, it's not something that they care about, not something they even believe is fact. You know, they, mm-hmm. they consider it fiction in a lot of cases. But having the ability to be a friend first, like you just said, and, and not just simply recite scripture if they ask great share it but start with getting to know them meeting them where they're at that's what we see jesus did exactly um and i think a large part of that comes to you know being being there as a friend means not just being there in the good times but probably more importantly being there in the bad times Um, and I think we'll find that if we're there just as a friend and our goal isn't just evangelizing nonstop, our goal is to just be there as, as a human being, um, just comforting and being there for another human being, uh, we'll find that we have more opportunities to share the gospel. I'm thinking of, I mean, you know, people are going to go through rough times. Right now, the whole world's going through some pretty rough times. And, you know, people are asking deep questions like, 
you know, is there, is there meaning to life? Things like that. And I know that's not a new question or anything groundbreaking, but people are starting to ask those things. And, you know, if you're close to someone and, and you're just sitting around, a, let's just say you're sitting around a campfire one night, um, looking up at the stars and you just start having a conversation about where all this came from, you know, you're going to be able to walk into a, a more productive conversation about your beliefs than if you just kind of wrangled someone into getting coffee with you just for the sole purpose of um, forcing the gospel on them in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's the importance of asking, the importance of having gospel fluidity in your life and being mm-hmm. able to naturally take conversations that way so that you're not shoving it down someone's throat, but that's you and that's what you believe in and you're able to have conversations like me and Sean do where it naturally comes up because that's what I believe and that's something that applies to everyday life for me. And thankfully Sean is super respectful and and allows me to have those conversations. And, you know, part of that is because I'm willing to hear him out too. Again, doesn't mean I agree with him. Doesn't mean he agrees with me, but we have these respectful, honest conversations and we're listening to each other. Again, it's not my job to change his heart, to change his mind or his opinion. And I feel like oftentimes, especially modern Christianity today, it's you have to agree with me or you're wrong. The world's doing that. Shouldn't we be set apart? Shouldn't we act different? Shouldn't we be loving? Again, truth bearers. But, I mean, the gospel's not going to change someone just because we say it. It it requires the Holy Spirit and and God to be active. Not that he's not, but does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. One other thing that Sean mentioned that I think is valuable is just the mindset of being willing to listen to somebody else's story and their background and what they believe. Um, you know, again, let's let's consider Acts 26. After Paul tells his story, he flips it around and he says, what about you, King Agrippa? What do you believe? I think that's so important for us, too, is to just not assume that we know what our friends believe, but to genuinely ask them at certain points. It's like, what do you, what do you believe about this? Not for the purpose necessarily of explicitly sharing what we believe, but just to know where they're at. Yeah. So that you can begin to look for those opportunities to share the gospel. Well, and I think it's important to to do even with believers. Yeah. F- friends that we have that agree with us. And not for the sake of just practicing, but again, you're caring about your friend. You're You're wanting to get to know them. But also there may be some things that they come to believe that don't line up with scripture that don't line up with Christianity. And that that's important. I know I've had that conversation with friends in the past and it's, it's uncomfortable and there are difficulties with that. And you know, there are consequences. Um, you know, you may lose a friendship, you may hurt that friendship, but in that situation, you know, there's more at stake than just staying friends with, a fellow believer. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's good. Um, I think of, 
a few examples in scripture even. So, I mean, Jesus had his own inner circle of friends. You know, we see the hundred or so disciples, and then we see the, the 12 real disciples. And then inside of that, you know, Peter, sorry, Jesus was really close to Peter, James, and John. Those are the three guys that time and time again he leaned on and, and pulled into the really important moments. Um, think about like the transfiguration. Who was there? It was Peter, James, and John. Like those were the three guys that he was revealing himself to consistently. Um, so, you know, ask yourself who are your, who are your inner people, like who are you closest with? But then even looking ahead at, uh, Philippians two, um, we see Paul has two people in his life that are super important to him. And one is Timothy, you know, Timothy was Paul, one of Paul's disciples. Timothy was the guy that he was investing in and, and training up, um, to be someone who would go forth and carry the gospel further. But then Paul had someone who was investing in him too, this guy named Epaphroditus, who was older than Paul and knew a little bit more than Paul and was discipling Paul. So, you know, sure, we all need to have that one person in our life who is like our Timothy, who we're investing in and trying to share our faith with. But we also need to have an Epaphroditus who's investing in us. And Timothy had that example as well. He had Paul pouring into him, but he was pouring into Titus. Yeah, that's true too. And so we have that example throughout, even passed down from mentor to mentee to being a mentor mm-hmm. to someone else. And Yeah. But, you know, I just, I've been thinking, you know, uh, was this last week or so, it doesn't matter, uh, one of our friends got engaged. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to celebrate with them and, and to be happy for them and, and very, like, just filled with joy about what was going on. Congrats to you, bro. You know who you are. You know who you is. Um, and it's really, really easy for all of us to be there in those happy moments. But then I was thinking back to the times when things have been really hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't mind us sharing this. Um, but this friend's dad passed away a couple of years ago and a lot of us were there for him. Um, and I think that's really what it means to share your faith with your friends in those moments is to just be there for them. Yeah. You're, you're doing life with them. Yeah. And in that moment, you know, we could have, we could have spouted off random Bible verses. Um, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but in that moment, all he needed was someone to lean on. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Exodus 17 when, you know, they're, the Israelites are at war with this group and, um, God tells Moses, as long as you keep your arms raised into the sky, then you'll, you'll be winning. And then over time, Moses's arms start to get tired and they start to droop and they start to lose the battle. So, um, two of his right hand men, Aaron and her come along and help hold his arms up. And we all need those friends. We all need an Aaron and a her who are going to come along. And when things are tough and we're giving up and our arms are starting to fall, they're going to be there to hold us up. And I think that is crucial. Not I think, I know that's crucial to have community of people that are going to support you. And we, we see that Jesus had the apostles. He also had other people that he invested in and, were close to, I, I think of, 
Zacchaeus comes to mind and just kind of, I think of that a lot with Zacchaeus didn't really care at first and Jesus changed him. And again, not saying that it's our job to change people because again, that's, that's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit's, um, that's, that's what I'm trying to not phrase that word. That's what God does, not us. And so having a support system of believers, but I also think it, having non-believers in your life is equally as important and not for the sake of, Oh, I have friends that aren't believers so that I can convert, but it's more of, I can show them what God's done for me and for his children practically. That doesn't mean I'm spouting off scripture, but that means if they're going through something tough, I'm going to listen, you know, I'm going to offer prayer. Um, you know, there are plenty of times that rephrase that in, in just the other day, I received a text from Sean just asking for prayer about something, Hmm. you know, and that comes with respect and honest compassion for him. If I didn't care about him, why would he ask me to pray for him? He knows what I believe in and that I firmly believe in it, in that I'm genuine in my faith. And so he's going to ask me to intercede on his behalf, if you will. Maybe not phrasing it or thinking of it that way, but that's what it is. He's asking me to pray for him. And Mm. and what is that? That's good. I mean, that's that's a question we all need to ask ourselves if if we have friends or... Let's just go all the way back. If we have friends or family or, or neighbors or coworkers who don't know Jesus, are we praying for them? Like, are we at least doing that? And I think if we're honest, most of us aren't. Um, and I think that's sad and it's something that we all need to work on. I'm guilty of that. There have been long periods of time where I've neglected to pray for those people in my life. But, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking of... Another story in the Bible where, and I don't have the reference written down, but Lazarus dies and Jesus goes out to where he's buried. And what, what is the first thing that Jesus does? Are you looking it up? I'll see it if you knew. Jesus wept. There you go. I'm looking up the references. John yeah. eleven thirty five is Jesus wept. Okay. Um, you know, I heard a a really interesting study on this that um, really made me think about things. And it's why did Jesus weep? And it wasn't necessarily because Lazarus died. It was his friend he cared for, Mm -hmm. but he wept because of their disbelief in Jesus and who he was. It's why Mm -hmm. are you questioning me? Of course I wasn't there, but do you not know I care about Lazarus? Yeah. What am I capable of? Because it was it was Mary, right? My, uh, Martha is Mary and Martha. That's this was their brother, right? And you know they're they're questioning like, where were you? Why weren't you here? You could have saved him. And he's he's weeping. He's like, I thought you knew who I was. I thought you knew what I was capable of. And why why? And then you you see what he's capable of. I think even more than that, though, it's not just simply his power and what he's capable of doing. It's do you not see who he is? Like he cares. 
Yeah. Like he cares deeply. More than anyone else. Um, and so I think, you know, if, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, then we need to follow him in that example too. And we need to weep for our friends who are going through hard times, but even weep for them in prayer because they don't believe. I know that sounds extreme, but I mean, this should break your heart. Yeah. Well, and that leads into a quote by Penn Jillette, who's an illusionist, magician, whatever you want to call him. Not a, not a believer at all, actually quite outspoken atheist. But he shares the story of a fan went to one of his performances and after was sharing the gospel with him. And he said, this, this guy really shared it with conviction and because he cared, it wasn't just this trying to convert me. You could tell it was sincere in his delivery and, and the words he was saying. And he said, how much do you have to hate someone not to tell them if they're about to get hit by a truck? He said, and this is what this guy believed. He believed I was about to get hit by a truck. And so he's trying to move me out of the way, trying to yell, not literally yell, but metaphorically yell push me out of the way, whatever. And I appreciate that. And I think that's important in when we share our faith with friends, family, neighbors, whoever it may be is the delivery of it. Are we going to metaphorically yell by, and I say that in that, in that situation that would have been effective to get somebody out of the way of a truck. So the effective way would be not to literally yell, but to be sensitive if they're going through something, mourn with them if they're mourning, rejoice with them if they're rejoicing, meeting them where they're at like Jesus did. Or are we going to metaphorically whisper, hey, there's a truck coming by reciting scripture nonstop where that has no benefit in that situation, doing more harm than good potentially. I'm not going to listen to you. What are you talking about? You don't care. Yeah, people have to know that you care before they're going to listen to what you have to say. And I think Sean said that exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it just makes me think, uh, this, is my, this is my own testimony. Like, my friends that I made in our student ministry before I was a believer played a, a key role in me coming to faith. Um, had those people not been there and just showed that they actually truly cared about me for who I was because I was just some punk kid who stood in the back and didn't want to talk to anyone. And um, still those people came along and said, no, no, I want to get to know you, not for some agenda, but just because I want to be your friend. And they were there during the hard moments. Like Mm -hmm. like you, Micah. You know, I often think back to when my mom passed away um, you're one of the only people who came up and said, how are you doing? You knew what had happened and you were one of the only people who came up and actually asked how, how I was. And that meant a lot and it made a huge lasting impact. Oh, well, and likewise, there are things that I went through where you were supportive of me, you know, loss of family members, myself, not to the extent of a parent, but grandparents or uh, my godmother passing a few years back just difficult things in life also just life in general is hard sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to take a traumatic experience but having that that friend who is supportive and genuinely cares that makes the world of a difference yeah so looking back at what we just talked about 
when sharing your faith with friends, be genuine. Let them know that you care. Don't share the gospel just as a checklist. Don't spout off scripture because it's what you think you're supposed to do. Be a friend first. And your faith should be evident through that. And it's going to have a much deeper impact that way. Thank you so much for listening to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing an episode with a friend. You can also follow us on social media. Just search underscore MV podcast on any platform. This podcast was created and produced by Kip Wilkinson and Michael Horvath. This episode was mastered and scored by J.A. Parkey. To learn more about this project, you can visit mvpodcast.org. Thank you so much for listening. Now go tell your story. What? <laughs> it's play. I don't know, dude. Do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. It's my wi- my uh, time lapse music. I was just gonna leave a blank, but I guess we have a blooper now. Oh no! So, oh gosh.